Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Dave, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bat Bartholomew. Bartholomew, what should people do? <laughs> Go bear hunting in the woods. Wait, what? <laughs> Why are we doing things differently? <laughs> no, I'm just being weird. <laughs> Gotta mix it up a little bit every once in a while. Okay. So I'm Dave. I'm Bat Bartholomew. Alright, we gotta keep this going the entire episode. Oh boy. <laughs> Alright, what should people uh, actually do? People should actually like subscribe and tell a friend. Um specifically check out our Twitter. We keep telling you to do that, and no one ever does, and so we never post anything there. Yeah. And it's a vicious cycle of despair and emptiness. Pretty much just emptiness. Pretty much just emptiness. I don't really despair all that yeah, much I because I don't care. Yep. We would care if we had more followers and like an audience. Ah, so it's your fault, people. Yep. See, putting this all on you. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Matt, what you been up to? Well. I mean, Matt Bar- 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 Bartholomew. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, well, last week we did a backup episode, so I got two weeks worth of what you've been up to just to catch up on. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll, I'll do them quick. Um, well, I've still been trying to get through uh, season three of Man in the High Castle and season six of House of Cards, neither of which I'm enjoying very much. So in order to get some good TV on my slate, I added um, and started watching Homecoming on Amazon. Spider-Man? No. Oh. The TV show. Oh. From Sam Esmail. Who? The guy who did Mr. Robot. Or who? is doing Mr. Robot. What? Christian Slater. Who? The Heathers guy. What? <laughs> See, it sounds like I'm making jokes, but I genuinely do not know what these things are. I mean, I've heard of them, but yeah. I know very little about any of them. Um, well, I'll start with Homecoming. It's um it's a new Amazon original show. I think it's actually based on a scripted podcast. Uh, which is interesting. So ours is scripted. Why don't they do one on ours? Ours is entirely scripted, folks. Cuz we don't have story or characters or interesting ideas. Or good humor. That or... you've caught on to yet, Bartholomew. <laughs> In fact, I've been masterminding, minding things since the very beginning. Oh, no. And this is where Dave reveals his true identity, which is actually... Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> no, you missed there's an L in there. It's Clarence. 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 Yeah. Okay. Clarence. <laughs> it's Clarence. It's not really Clarence. It's it's kind of a mishmash of like two L's and an R. So it's kind of like Clarence. Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's pretty sure, pretty Clarence. Sure, pretty sure that's just how you pronounce it if you're French. <laughs> anyway wow weird homecoming oh, start the time on amazon Pri- that explains this <sighs> homecoming on amazon prime um it's so it stars julia roberts she plays a um i guess sort of a therapist social work type person who works at a homecoming facility which is a facility to transition soldiers out of the military and into everyday life particularly ones who might struggle with that transition for one reason or another okay um but because it's Sam Esmail who created it and he's the guy who did Mr. Robot, um, 
there's definitely some strange and creepy things going on in the background and maybe it's all a big conspiracy and everyone's just a puppet mm -hmm. i don't know yet i'm not quite done yet with the first season all right but yeah it's it's very good it's um surprisingly weird and artsy uh but it does some really interesting camera stuff um i was reading they do like the sets are all designed with pull away walls and ceilings so they can do like really high up overhead shots and uh -huh. pull way back um to like isolate the room but like get way out of there so yeah it's it's cool it's it's interesting and it's got a good story and characters so far so mm -hmm. let you know how it is when i finish it but okay. liking it so far um watched a couple movies i watched uh the ballad of buster scruggs which i've been talking about on all our backups we've been recording yeah um short version it's the coen brothers new movie netflix original it's a series of six totally unconnected uh short movies i guess short films uh in the western genre um each kind of varying in tone and themes and story all very good i quite enjoyed it mm -hmm. that's a that's a face you're making there dave Look for or, <laughs> yeah don't fucking call me by my old name it's my new name okay uh but yeah, no, uh, watch out for our backup episodes where Matt talks about, uh, Bartholomew talks about the, <laughs> those individually. So. Yes. Right. Um, I also watched, uh, you were never really here. Wasn't I? No, you weren't. You never were. I never, never was, were, never were. I never were. No, you weren't. No, I, no, I no. wasn't. No, I weren't. That one, um, <laughs> I imagine it actually probably works even better if you go in knowing very little about the premise. Uh -huh. um, all I will tell you is that it's slow and doesn't have a lot of dialogue. It's It does a lot with visual exposition, which I know you really like. Mm -hmm. um, and it stars Joaquin Phoenix with a beard who likes beating people to death with a hammer. I think I've seen a clip of that. You probably have seen a clip of that at some point it's um it's one of those ones that came out and critics really loved it and normal people were sold on it being a different movie than it actually was mm -hmm. so it's probably not in your top 1000 movies but you should make it the thousand first because okay. i think i think you'd actually really like it well then i might i mean if you're you you rarely ever actually like explicitly tell me that i would enjoy a movie so that actually just put it like straight up at the fucking top like i will okay. probably watch this at some point during finals week okay <laughs> it's um because if you're just like, yeah, it's a good movie, but if like if it's got things that I actually genuinely enjoy in movies, yeah. then I will actively not, go and look at those. I'm not like a hundred percent sure you're gonna like it, well, but it's like I'd say at least like eighty five. Okay, it does a lot of things that I know you like. Okay, so yeah, um, I also watched the end of the World Chess Championship this year. <gasps> Did our American win? No. Boo! Yeah, they drew. Boo hiss. They drew all twelve of the classical games, um, and then they go to rapid tie breaks, which is where instead of getting like three or four hours a piece for the Shit game, um, they end up having just like half an hour. And so it's a lot faster. Mm -hmm. um, and the American challenger, Fabiano Caruana is not very good at rapid relative to his actual playing strength. And so he got crushed in the tiebreak. Uh, so Carlson retains his title. What a loser. Another time. I mean, he's literally not, he's literally the most you, winner. You shut up. Bartholomew. Glad you remembered my name this time. Uh, Don't know, you know who this Matt fellow is. He kept confusing me <laughs> with. Um, let's see. 
I watched those things, but I don't care about them. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, I also read uh, actually quite a bit of very good comics. Wait, okay. Uh, you read a few, a lot of comics that are very good, or like, are they? Yes. They're called very good comics. No. Okay. Because there are some really bizarre names of comics out there. Yes. So I don't know if this was some like really niche company. That... No, it's all Dark Horse and Image. Okay. What'd you read? Um, well, I read the second volume of the Hellboy Omnibus. Okay. Which is... Always good. Yeah. I'm trying to get through everything. Um, volume three and volume one of the short stories are in the mail. So I'll have two thirds of all of Hellboy ever written. Nice. By Monday, hopefully. Um, By Monday? You have one day to read all this? No, I should own it by Monday. Oh, you should, should own the package it. should oh, arrive okay. by then. Um Yeah, no, it's it's really good. It's um it sort of the main Hellboy storyline is this one massive overarching story arc mm-hmm. about him confronting his own destiny and stuff. Yeah. But it does lots of like little interesting okay, now they're gonna go and do this and this sort of tangentially connects back to his main story. Mm-hmm. Um so the second volume, um changes some dynamics in the status quo of the character and his relationship to other characters in a way that i won't give away but it's interesting um it puts him in some unique places i mean the the title of the volume is literally strange places okay um it feels like now that once the character had been established at this point in the comics they're playing a little more fast and loose with some of the thematic stuff and doing some more interesting things Mm -hmm. um there's one story that really sticks out at me that's sort of a almost a weird horror take on the little mermaid okay um it it's, it loosely adapts a lot of the elements from that story uh but also puts hellboy in the middle okay which is fun and is interesting he under the sea he is under the sea he's under the sea yeah for some reason um he sank that's why Oh. <laughs> uh yeah so that's that's really good i'm really looking forward to reading more hellboy is he's really great okay the series is really going up there for favorite of all time and then i read two uh little self-contained image graphic novels um i read god country i have heard of that yeah uh that's been out for a while hasn't it a few years yeah i got it because i saw they were producing a movie and a lot of people came out of the woodwork to say wow yeah this one's really amazing Huh. So, uh, so Hollywood, how's that killer be killed movie coming along? That wasn't bitter at all. <laughs> Do the killer be, I mean, they're doing it, but finish it. Yeah. Jesus. Be in DC at this point. No. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? Uh, the other one was witches. I think I vaguely heard of that one. Okay. Well, First, start with God Country. Um, basically, there's this old guy. He's got Alzheimer's, and it's gotten pretty bad. He's getting like violent, lashing out at his own family. Uh-huh. Um, he's living with his adult son, who is married and has one kid. Um, they're in middle of nowhere, West Texas, and a tornado comes through and levels their house. Oh, good. And this old guy emerges from the wreckage, clutching a 12-foot magic sword. Fucking what? Yep. Is it called ice? No. It's called Valofax. 12 feet. That's 12 ice feet. is definitely not 12 feet. No. Ice is maybe 5 feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. Jesus. Um turns out it belonged to some god 
who really wants it back, but the sword kind of has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, the sword also cures his Alzheimer's as long as he's touching it, oh. so he can remember his family. Interesting. Yeah. It's a very strange premise, but one that feels kind of foolproof thematically. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's really easy to get a really interesting story out of it, and so the story is really interesting. Okay. Um, the climax, I think, wasn't super satisfying, but it was as good as they were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to mention the art, which is phenomenal. Who did it? Uh, Jeff Shaw. Never heard of him. Yeah, I looked him up. It's This is kind of his one big thing. Interesting. He's done a little bit of work on some other stuff. Like other non-DC Marvel stuff? Yeah, a lot of image stuff. A little bit of um, Marvel. I think he did art for like the Thanos run for a little while. Interesting. Okay. Um, I might be mixing him up with someone else. No, I think that was him. Uh, yeah, it's um, he's well, it's very realistic, uh-huh. uh, but he does really interesting things with sort of color and light, um, which is useful because there's a lot of celestial beings and yeah, there's a heavenly plane that they go fight on at one point. And, oh, jeez. Yeah, it's um, it's really beautiful, like the art. Okay. Uh, and then the other one, Witches, was written by Scott Snyder. Who you know him I know up. him so well. Yeah. I love him. Yes. Oh, it has to have been really good. Yeah, so he's he's the guy who has I'd say made Batman relevant again, but that's not accurate. He's just <laughs> he has continued the relevance of Batman. Uh he has done one of the arguably one of the three of the best Batman st- uh actually. I haven't read the other ones, but like the stuff he did with the New Fifty Two like, almost every single one of those storylines is probably in the top 15 Batman storylines of all time. Like, yeah. every single one. Yeah. He did amazing work with Batman. Uh, basically, of the new 52, like, Aquaman and Batman are, like, the only ones that are actually, like, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So, Scott Snyder is a great writer. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what he's doing now. I mean, he's still definitely with DC. Yeah. But I think he's not on Batman. I'm going to look that up while you talk about witches. I looked it up, but I forgot what it was. Yeah, so he brought in his buddy Jock to do the art. Oh, yes. The uh, Black Mirror guy. Yes, and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, he's he's prolific. I think he's on Wonder Woman. No, he's not Wonder Woman. He might be. No, no, he's not. Wonder Woman's written by an a- or drawn by an Asian person. Never mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Witches is – it's a story about a um, family. There's husband, wife, 13-year-old daughter. Um, and they move to a small town in Vermont because of an unpleasant incident, which is best revealed as the story chooses to do it. Okay. Um, and Good. What? Good. Does Very. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and – mysterious things start happening and maybe there's some evil witches living in the woods that are going to come and eat you if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of takes the basic concepts of the traditional witch mythology. They're mm, ugly and they'll come and they'll yeah. stew you up and eat you in a cauldron. Uh-huh. But it puts like a modern horror spin on them that gives it a lot more weight than you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And it's legitimately scary. Like, I'm glad I read it at one in the afternoon yeah. instead of <laughs> midnight. <laughs> um, and a big part of that is Jock's art, which... Yeah. If, you're, if you remember Black what? Mirror, he's 
because I know it from Black Mirror, but I know know it more from something very recently. Yeah, and I can't remember what it was. I, I'll I just look that up too. So I just looked up the Scott Snyder stuff. Uh huh. Scott Snyder is currently doing like he did so of Batman that he he is currently being trusted with the things that Jeff Johns would have been trusted with, mm-hmm. like the big shit. Mm-hmm. So he did uh, the Batman and, uh, Batman and the Batman and Robin Eternal, which are huge like maxi series uh-huh. about Batman. Uh, at towards the end of the New Fifty Two, um, he did the All Star Batman with Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, the Dark Knight's Metal, mm-hmm. which oh yeah, for people who know, is a huge fucking thing. It was a uh, universe expanding storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing the Justice League No Justice storyline. Okay. Which is basically like everyone's. I'm not sure what it is because I've been trying to avoid that for as long as much as possible, similar to Convergence, right? Uh, so that I can actually read it on my own, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the Justice League Odyssey, Odyssey and the Dark mm-hmm. storylines that are companions with it. And he's also doing Batman Last Night on Earth, that, which is the Black Label one, one of the few Black okay. Labels. So they are trusting him with the big things, mm-hmm. which makes sense because he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So okay, full context for that. All right, yeah. Um, I'm going to look up Jock, see what he did. So, Jock. Yeah, oh, comics. that's what I was talking about. I was talking about the art. Um, it's relatively realistic when it's talking just like about humans and sort of ordinary everyday life stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he gets into something supernatural, it goes into just like this vicious abstract, like sharp edges and weird colors. and Interesting. Does it change lots of shadow? Does it change artist? No, like it's it's definitely him. It's just like okay. a more exaggerated version of his style. Yeah. Um, because I remember some bits in Black Mirror were very abstracted, and mm-hmm. um, he has that this he has a way of making pictures look really sharp. And I. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like little bits of glass almost or something. Uh-huh. Um, and he does that just like to the extreme, uh, and it's very unsettling and very effective um and the actual like core story is really good so highly recommend that one if you're willing to put up with some scariness wait i think it's a different jock career there's more than one jock but i think the one that i'm thinking of is jock with j-o-c not Uh, j-o-c-k that's got to be confusing uh following this oh oh green arrow yes that's where because okay. because I that's on my that's on my stack very ah. soon on my stack so I was like looking through like who wrote and who drew so that name popped up okay. recently for me okay yes yeah all right is that all you've that's all I've been up to okay uh I have been so as I mentioned you can always tell I don't know if I said this in a back of episode of one of my recent episodes you can always tell how extensive and how long Preston expects to be broke mm-hmm. based on how tall his reread stack is mm-hmm. it is huge. Uh, I kind of broke up the, uh, new teen Titan stuff cause it is dense and I can't read it anymore. Like just all the way through, mm-hmm. uh, cause it just feels like I'm not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've thrown, thrown some stuff in there. Uh, I have worked on, I've been reading through wonder woman, mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful and amazing. Uh, so wonder woman deals a lot with the Roman gods. No Greek gods, Zeus, yeah. Roman. Zeus. Yeah. Greek. Uh, Currently, there is a, a fighting happening with the Greek gods and things. Uh, mm-hmm. Who do you think the bad guy is? Mars. I was going <laughs> to throw something at you. So, uh, you. so you think it's Ares? I'd assume either Ares or Hades. It is Hera. Oh. Because she 
according to people who have experience in like gods of war and stuff mm-hmm. or go- the myth myth gods apparently she's a crazy bitch okay which i learned and also makes insane so basically with uh with wonder woman uh zeus has gone missing mm-hmm. uh right after impregnating another girl so there's a Typical whole bunch of like zeus. yeah exactly yeah so like there's a whole bunch of things like you find out that wonder woman uh with the new 52 so they kind of do like her old storyline or her old origin where it's she's born from clay mm-hmm. and stuff but then it turns out that she was actually just a child of Zeus and Hippolyta. Oh. Um, so there's a lot of kind of like brother, sister kind of stuff where like you meet like uh. Hermes and not Hermes. Yes, Hermes. Yeah. Hermes is the guy with the wing, wing foot, the messenger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like stuff like that. Uh, so it's all about trying to protect this girl because uh, people want to kill her. I think. Oh, God. I'm very tired right now, so I'm not remembering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's it, all that to say, it's really good. Um, it's not hypersexualized. Hey, that's always a good plus. Hey, unlike Catwoman. Hmm. Um, so it's really good. Uh, I have also started playing Terraria again. I don't know what that is. It is a game. It's an indie game that, to give you uh, a little bit of like idea of how easy or how simple the game is, it took me two minutes to download it. Wow. On OU Wi-Fi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, like, extra level of, like, damn, that, that did not oh, take yeah. long. Uh, oh, it's pretty much 2D Minecraft, but there's more to it because you, you fight enemies. Mm-hmm. There's, like, actually bosses and stuff. Okay. That it's really fun, and I enjoy it. I played it a lot when I was a kid, and then I was really bored uh, during a class, and I just, like, looked up on my phone, like, on Google Play like games to play and terraria popped up as a mobile app I'm like oh shit i have that on my computer so i just went to my computer redownloaded it and played it perfect so i've been playing that again right. i think that's it uh, i've been rewatching game of thrones you and i both have been watching game of thrones yeah uh also boomer sooner that thing that's a thing that happened yes it did but uh other than that nothing else also i'm doing horns down just oh yeah so many horns see. down hey flag hey flag yep. Hey, this is the yellow thing. Flag on the play. <laughs> I have been religiously uh, uh, patrolling Snapchat stories and messaging, like, if anyone does horns down, I'll, like, I'll chat them from it and just be like, flag. <laughs> just, like, flagging everybody. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, news. News. This has been a pretty eventful week. Yeah. I mean, it's been two weeks also. Oh, that's true. Uh, we should probably kind of breeze through this because we're at 20 minutes already. Yep. You want to go first? Um, sure. I'll go through some trailers. Okay. Uh, we got the final Aquaman trailer. Yes. Didn't see much new except Willem Dafoe with long hair. Yep. Uh, looks cool. Uh, I do, uh, in, I saw some TV spots. Mm-hmm. I see Aquaman punching Black Manta. Mm-hmm. I see, uh, um, Atlanta stabbing people into the ceiling. Okay. Looks awesome. Always fun. Yep. Looking forward to this. Yep. We've already got our tickets. Yes, we do. Uh, we got a new Lego Movie 2 trailer. Uh, didn't give away that much. Eh. You know what? I've actually been thinking about your objection to this movie, and I think it doesn't make a lot of sense, because the Lego movie is definitely something that like parodies all those tropes, and so the fact that it's doing a woman in the fridge, I don't think is necessarily a, like that it's actually doing it. It's more like, look, here's this stupid thing. We're going to comment on it using kids' toys. It doesn't seem like it's satire enough, though. 
it seems just real enough that I don't. I'm not entirely on board with that theory. I'm, I'm gonna wait till the movie's out to pass judgment. Okay. But yep, that's my quick take on that. Uh, we got a first teaser for the Lion King. Yes. Which looks fine. Yeah. CGI yeah. looks looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean we've seen pretty good animal stuff like uh, Aslan was pretty good. Yeah. For that time. The whole Jungle Book movie. The whole Jungle Book movie, yeah. Very so, pretty. Not really expecting anything different. Uh, I'm a little concerned about them just doing this because if are they just going to straight up just do the movie but live action? Or are they going to throw in some interesting little twists? Like maybe Scar doesn't kill Mufasa. I don't know. Ah! What if Simba's actually the bad guy? Ah! Apparently Simba's vegan in this, which makes no sense for being a lion. That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) That could just be a thing that I saw, like a meme or something. But Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, let's see. We got a trailer for Artemis Fowl. Oh, we did. Yeah. I don't know what that story's about. Okay. I was very into those for a year or two, um, when I was, I don't know, 11. Um. Does it look like a gritty reboot? No. See, also two episodes ago? Yeah. Good callback. <laughs> uh, no. I th- well, I think Disney's doing it, so. I mean, Disney can do gritty reboots. They're almost doing the opposite with this one. Like, Artemis Fowl's a relatively gritty story to begin with, because, like, he's just a straight-up bad guy for the first three books or so. Oh, it's a dude? Yeah. Oh. There's an Artemis in DC that's a girl. There's so also an Artemis in Greek mythology that's a girl. Is she an archer? Yeah. That makes a lot of fucking sense, why Artemis in DC is an archer. <laughs> Did you really groan when I made, like, an obvious incorrect mythology reference and you don't even know who Artemis is? Look, I I know very little. <laughs> Did you even read Percy Jackson? No. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, in fact. I barely paid attention when my parents made me watch. Not made me watch, but when our family watched uh, Lightning Thief. Oh, yeah. The movie's terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. I barely paid attention to that. I think there was something, ha- something that had to do with a minotaur at some point. And, like, isn't he, like, the son of... There's a minotaur in that one? I don't fucking know, man. I don't remember. <laughs> Like uh, I said, I haven't read the books and I barely paid attention to the movie. Um, anyway, Artemis Fowl, I think there's a legitimate concern that they're going to disney it and make him not the just out-and-out out villain that he totally is for the first three books. And it okay. looks like they're also probably going to end up smashing together plot lines from a couple of different books, which is not a good recipe. Yeah. Um, that being said, this was very much like a teasery type trailer. Not a good didn't... recipe. What's another one that fits in that recipe? Batman versus Superman. Yeah, it fits to get mashes together storylines from like four different things. Anyway, yeah. continue. Sorry, I just wanted to shit on them for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, good, it's good. It's well done. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like I was saying, this is just a teaser. I don't think there's enough information for us to really rush to judgment about it yet. Uh-huh. And the effects look really good. The um, kid who's actually playing Artemis looks really good. Um, Do we know anything about the kid? No, he's like a newbie. Oh, okay. Well, because like he's like twelve or something. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Who, what's the movie that like someone is significantly younger than they're supposed to be in the book or something younger um or, percy jackson is way older oh than that's that's to the be. one that's the one that, yeah that he's supposed to be like 11 or 12 or 13 or something but he was like, like 16 like or... yeah because it's he's supposed to do a thing before he's 16 or when he's 16 yeah but he's like 17 in the movie and they made yeah. it 18 yeah um the only other one was there's a um sort of a teaser trailer for luther season five Sorry, what? There was a teaser trailer type thing for Luther season five. Oh shit! 
which is a show that I yeah. very much enjoy, even though it comes out about once every four years. Yeah, I know why you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. This guy, Hunky Hunky Edge's album. Yeah, he is the big, sexy leading man in that one. Um, it's also just a really good like crime yeah. drama. I have this theory that BBC takes dumb American TV formulations and does the best possible version of them. <laughs> so this is sort of the crime of a week police procedural type thing, yeah. but with a really compelling leading man and great storylines and grit and all yeah. that. And um, Downton Abbey's just a soap opera, but but good but good yeah. with like great costumes is and it still going everything. no okay no it ended like three years ago okay um, i know nothing about that yeah sherlock for a while was like the perfect sort of quirky detective show mm-hmm. um the monk or psych or whatever those yeah. were uh yeah so looks really good um there was like a one like one tenth of a second clip at the very end of a character that we were led to believe was very dead did you see them die no then they were not dead right come on you've seen game of thrones well (laughs) the character was killed so far off screen between seasons that i kind of just assumed that the the actor had left uh so yeah, no, they they were not dead. No one's dead if you do if you do not see them die, they are not dead. Yeah. But unless you see their body later. Right. Well, character might be back. Um I'm excited for this. Or there's a person that's trustworthy in the show that says that they killed them explicitly, so. It's true. <laughs> Which yep. you know exactly who I'm talking about with Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> uh let's see. That's all for trailers. Okay. Uh, I just want to shit on DC a little bit. As oh, I'm, please do. Uh so they announced 2 days ago that that uh, they're doing a Blue Beetle movie, mm-hmm. and they announced yesterday they're doing a, Sh- a Zatanna movie, uh, and then I saw today that the uh, Flash and I can't remember what the other movie, uh, other movie, another DC movie have have lost momentum. Did they have momentum? I think the Flash started like I think there was a word document for the script of the Flash, mm-hmm. just like in blank, but there mm-hmm. <laughs> saved on a flash drive somewhere I'll, I'll see myself out yeah get get out no bartholomew's here oh hey matt hi that guy? i don't know he was really scary he had red eyes and his yeah. hair was on fire very strange yeah also who are you I don't know. I just came in here and... You like four name tags. Very strange. Very strange. What a good way to kill that joke. Yep. Like, just end it there. <laughs> I was so sick of that joke. That was actually like an okay way to do that. Yep. That works. That works. <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> oh, Flash. Something about Flash. Uh, and DC is just... There's like a list. I think you mentioned maybe... God damn it. I flashed him. <laughs> uh, we're probably gonna do an episode on all the flat, all the DC movies they've talked about, and then just not done. Yeah. Um. I really don't have anything else. Uh, I have a couple more things. Uh, John Cryer has been cast as Lex Luthor in the CW. Um. Ah! Oh my god! I am so sick of them. They just, they're just making a list of all of the DC characters and just being like, how can we fucking shoehorn? 
Oh my god. Oh god, there is no way that they can cast somebody for a show like that that is going to make any that is going to do any justice for the complexity that is Lex Luthor. Like they already fucked it up with Batman versus Superman. All of the old old Lex Luthers are terrible. The best Lex Luthor is the one that's in the comics or in the animated. I'm gonna pull my mic a little closer to me now after I fucking hit it really hard. I hate the CW. Really? I hadn't noticed. Thought you were kind of in all that. Okay, why, why, why would you bring that up to me? Why would you not just let that pass? Because oh, I wanted to see the reaction. Um, in other bad news, legendary director Bernardo Bertolucci died. Huh. Um, he's probably not necessarily a household name for non-film buffs. He directed The Last Emperor, and The Conformist, and Last Tango in Paris. Um, I like those lasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, he was very well regarded. I think Last Emperor won something like nine Oscars. Mm. So, yeah, dude could direct. Um, he was old. He was pushing 80, I think. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like it was a big shocking thing. I'm sure he was retired, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was um, it's sad to hear. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, Daredevil has been, quote, unquote, canceled at Netflix. Canceled on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, it's just going to the Disney streaming service, guys. Yeah, stop freaking out. I've had to, I've had to talk like three people off the ledge on yeah. this one. Yeah, like it's coming to the D. Why, why would any company make their own streaming service and then allow their most popular uh, franchise stay on a different streaming service? Yeah, they're going to re like all of these are going to come back on the Disney streaming. So maybe not. Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Maybe they'll make Heroes for Hire show on the yeah. streaming service. They'll probably make some. But changes. Daredevil is probably going to be it's going to be a soft reboot. Yeah. Like same characters, same continuity. Yep. Just going to continue on a different streaming yeah. service. Chill well, the fuck out. Sort of loose spoilers for season three. The end of that season puts them in a great spot to start fairly fresh. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting quote in the the press release that they did that said um quote the daredevil character will live on in future marvel projects they've said those for unquote. all three okay yeah they, they're always like it's not no longer to continue on netflix uh we appreciate all the work the character will live on and blah 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 it's just like okay. they, they're literally just like look it's not going to be on netflix because why would we yeah. pay other people that to air something that we can do and make money yeah like it's very strange chill chill the fuck out guys <laughs> yep um last thing uh adult swim is partnering with alcon television group what yeah alcon television group a-l-c-o-n i don't know uh they're producing a blade runner tv show i think it's like an anime style tv show it's called blade runner black lotus um it's inspired by the blade runner 2049 but it's set in 2032 so it'll be sort of a prequel okay um did you watch the short films that they released before? I watched 2049? some of them. Okay. I watched the ones that actually had the actors in it. Okay. Because um, those l- made it clear that there's some interesting stuff that definitely happened between the two movies. And so mm-hmm. I think this is a rich world with plenty for them to explore, and I'm kind of excited for this. Okay. And that's all I have to say on that. Uh, I don't see anything else in my news app. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. So... 
Bill Mayer said some stuff. Alright. Can I... I actually have the whole post right here. Yeah, go for it. It's relatively short. And I will say my words. Okay. The guy who created Spider-Man and the Hulk has died, and America is in mourning. Deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to, I don't know, watch a movie, I guess. Someone on Reddit posted, I'm so incredibly grateful I lived in a world that included Stan Lee. Personally, I'm grateful I lived in a world that included oxygen and trees, but to each his own. Now, I have nothing against comic books. I read them now and then back when I was a kid, and I was all out of Hardy Boys. But the assumption everyone had back then, both the adults and the kids, was that comics were for kids, and when you grew up, you moved on to big boy boy books without the pictures. But then 20 years or so ago, something happened. Adults decided they didn't have to give up kid stuff. And so, they pretended comic books were actually sophisticated literature. And because America has over 4,500 colleges, which means we need more professors than we have smart people, some dumb people got to be professors by writing theses with titles like Otherness and Heterodoxy in the Silver Surfer. And now when adults are forced to do grown-up things like buy auto insurance, they call it adulting and act like it's some giant struggle. I'm not saying we've necessarily gotten stupider. The average Joe is smarter in a lot of ways than he was, say, in the 1940s, when A Big Night Out was a Three Stooges short and a Carmen Miranda musical. The problem is we're using our smarts on stupid stuff. I don't think it's a huge stretch to say that, to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. Preston? Words? You know when you just have that seething hatred that you don't even want to shout, but it's just like, like, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm not trying to make a joke for the sake of the podcast. I am literally, I am like, I feel 20 degrees hotter right now. Mm-hmm. Because just, so, did you, do you have the second part to this ordeal? The, like. The Larry King? No. Okay, I'll bring that up because there's more points that yeah. I have to make beyond that. So, for this one explicitly, this is just defending comic books in general. Comics have been a culture-defining aspect for the last 70 years. It, okay. Superman and Captain America were used to sell ba- sell war bonds, which mm-hmm. they actually make a point in the Captain America movie, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just a really small reference to that. Right. Um, but, like, they have been – they have – They've seated themselves in our culture. Everyone knows Batman. Everyone knows Superman. There are these heroes that people look up to with messages of peace, acceptance, love, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And there are even, like, comics have always been a social commentary just like any other media has. Like, for example, in 2014... Batman had a run called Super Heavy, which is literally a a story about police brutality. Mm -hmm. Kind of dumbed down so that, like, people who are reading it can make more sense of it in Mm -hmm. different ways. It's just the same way that movies and TV shows and stuff do. So, what, what is his definition of adult literature? Is it Lord of the Rings? Where it's just a guy who wanted to create some people that would fight other monsters for to read to his kids? Or a person that has a ring that turns him invisible? Magic? Is that what he considers adult literature? I would assume not from his remarks. I I don't know. I feel like... Because it's, it's known as a classic literature. Sort of. But if you look at it like from an outside view of just like looking what it is, it's just a stupid magic story. Mm-hmm. So are comics. Comics are not necessarily always about, like, the wham-bam, wearing tights, I'm gonna kick-ass shit. 
it's it's the social commentary. Uh, Snowbirds Don't Fly was a, a Green Arrow run in the 70s about heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. How was that about just like, I'm a superhero, wham, bam, for kids? It's about heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, all right. So there's there's that. There's it's. It's I can't really defend it that much because it's not like honestly the best social commentary and like doesn't really advance culture very much. Mm-hmm. But it's also just a social commentary. Also, why do people have to grow up from things? Why can't people like things that other don't? This is just another thing. That, like, so he claims to try to be not conservative and like. From what I know of him, I hate him. Um, tries to not be like bigoted of anything. This is pretty bigoted to demean anyone who doesn't who likes things that he doesn't like anymore. That sounds like something that like my sister did when we were re- really young. She doesn't do it anymore, but like when we were young, she would like we would both like Yu Gi Oh, and then she would grow out of it, and then kind of like. I, I mean, I kind of followed her because I was a little brother, but, like, mm-hmm. would kind of, like, demean me for liking things that she doesn't like anymore. This is what he's doing. He's doing a very childish thing. You know what's a, you know what, what's a, uh adult not growing out of kid things? Someone bullying an entire culture for not liking things that he likes. That's a good point. It's literally bullying. Mm-hmm. So there's that. It's not my strongest point of, like, defending the stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he went to larry king live or larry king now Mm -hmm. where he made it oh so much worse where he and i quote there's one word that i have to paraphrase because i remember it where i quote a culture that thinks comic books and comic book movies are a unquote uh commentary quote on the so on the human condition is a stupid fucking culture he just took this entire culture of, like, not even people that are, like, huge fans of comics like me, but anybody that goes to see comic book movies and enjoys them and thinks that they're, like, relatively intelligent mm-hmm. just took all of them and were like, you're all fucking stupid. How how are you a good person? How in any way does he expect to think that he's a good person? There's so much. My mom sent me this article of, like, things that he's shat on, like, comics and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they're in there there's like the picture of the um the simpsons news article it's like old man yells at cloud yeah <laughs> it's just this entire ordeal has made me livid and i like matt and several of my other friends and uh my mom got like just an earful of it from me oh yes of just uh, and i will actively if i ever see anyone talk about bill mayer in any kind of like good light like of him being a good person, I will actively disown them on social media and in public. Like okay. that liking him, he is in my opinion, because I'm allowed to have opinions. And then like, if, if I think he is a, uh, fuck, what's the word? Irredeemable person. Okay. The fact that he is so blatantly bullying an entire culture mm-hmm. is just deplorable. Okay. In case you hadn't noticed, this week we're talking about controversy, controversial opinions. Mostly we'll be focusing on our own, but thought we'd start with that one. And I'm going to invite some controversy by saying I don't entirely disagree with them. I think, I think the way he said stuff was definitely just looking for controversy, looking for 
getting people's tackles up and from what i've seen of him in the past and from like the way he put this he just seems like a really obnoxious dude uh, and and i'm not going to defend him as a person that's what that article was was about the fact that he just says he says knee-jerk things to try to get people's reactions yeah. to get people talking about him it's publicity stuff and this fine. this really feels like that and saying that i don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that donald trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important he blamed donald trump on comic readers yeah that's that's just trying to <laughs> to get people to hate him that's trolling but i think he does make an important point that we have to recognize the like our own maturity level yes and we have to recognize that there's often a trade-off between pure entertainment and um i guess value as commentary on the human condition so my i actually talked to my well, I mean, my, my boss is who he really is like right now. But like mm-hmm. I was talking to him at church about this. Like mm-hmm. I just mentioned it. Um, and he did make the point that like, and I, I do agree with you on this. This is a very like a sliver of what this is. Mm-hmm. It's like there are people who take comics way too seriously and yeah. depend on what's said in the comics for, and, and they kind of almost make it reality. Right. That this Like the people who, and I, I'm going to literally write a story about this. Of, like, people who try to become vigilantes because that's what Batman did. Right. There are those people. That is such a minority. Right. It is just a gross oversimplification of the entire... It's it's a culture. Yeah. I can't keep... I can't say that enough that this is an entire culture of yeah. people who enjoy this stuff. Yeah. And it, it gets a bad name because of a, a small minority that gets a lot of publicity because they're just crazy. Vocal minority. Yeah. Yeah. Like... So if I mean I I understand that you're making this point, but to give him even the slightest credit because of these vocal minorities is almost not any better than what he's doing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not entirely willing to say that it's just because of the vocal minorities. Um. He kind of has this middle paragraph, uh, where he talks about adults deciding they didn't have to give up kid stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not saying you should be ashamed of reading comics. I just talked about all the comics I read this week. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be gained and they're definitely entertaining. But I think it's also unreasonable to say that that hasn't had any effects on our culture. That it that treating what was formerly very much just sort of pure childish entertainment, elevating that to a higher level, that that hasn't had some sort of effect on us. So... It the content itself is becoming more adult. Yeah, like talking about police brutality, talking about drug addiction, doing the stuff that's like the Black Mirror, like or like mm-hmm. not the Black Mirror, the the Black Label, Vertigo stuff like that, making it more adult content. So like my he mentions, like moving on to books without pictures. Mm-hmm. Does he watch movies? <laughs> what's what's wrong with having the pictures in the the half of the glory of comic books is the art mm-hmm. put into it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not in books. It's about using your imagination and building the images in your head mm-hmm. with comics. It's about telling a more kind of rapid, like fast paced story right. with a lot of characters that it's easier to kind of see who's reading and also looking at the art and using the artist's vision and art style to further the tone and, and the themes of the comic Mm-hmm. The next step from that is literally just making it so that you listen to the words and watch the pictures. Right. Some would say a moving picture. 
Yeah. So like to say that like your movie you're gonna get more mature by taking away the the pictures is literally just saying that movies are for kids. Not literally, but like it's yeah. That's kind of that point he's making is that you shouldn't watch movies because everything's about reading the words and doing it in your head. Yeah, I think I think his point, um, which I hate defending him, but I think he's kind of getting at the idea that you, if you're just using words, you can get a lot more dense with the ideas, and um, if you're going to read something, you should read something that is more dense. And I don't really agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you pointed out yourself that comics are often not the most effective medium for communicating these sorts of ideas and i would argue that including them is more a reaction to the fact that adults do want to read them and so they need something that the current readership feels like caters to their intelligence yeah uh which yeah i mean that um, that doesn't deny them their value that they already have comics are a really hard thing you have to be careful with like putting it all in one lane where yeah. like you definitely have the comics that are like kind of kid friendly, like just the standard runs, um, yeah. stuff like that. The young justice kind of stuff is for younger kids, mm-hmm. but then you have the stuff like vertigo, like the black label stuff mm-hmm. where it's, you got bat penis. Yeah. No, it's, like it's even, clearly aimed at a, an adult audience. Yeah. Like, so it's, to say it's for kids is to is very narrow sidedly looking at comics. Yeah, and like and under and for us like for in, in people listening understand that that's kind of the the tough part of doing of running like a comic company mm-hmm. is trying to do all of these comics that you can span to all of your audience because all of your audience is vastly different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I bet you Bill Mayer hasn't read a comic book since the. Batman was going kapow on screen. I bet you he watched Batman sixty six and was like, "Nah, fuck this." And then it was like, "This is what bat. This is what comic books are from now on." Yeah. Give him like one comic book from like. Give him. What's a good one? To, good one to read. God Country. Witches. Well, that. Because <laughs> that's less comic books. That's more just like wild fantasy, not wild fantasy, but like more fantasy. Okay, you but want like, like a superhero thing? Yeah, like because something that he targeted specifically was mm-hmm. like superheroes. Give him, give him that one issue of Super uh, Spider Man Black and White. Give him a Stan Lee one, where he's like, "Look, I'm not gonna kill you, or Super Spider Man wouldn't kill you, mm-hmm. but I'm Peter Parker now. Don't fuck with my family. I will beat you to the brink of death." Yeah. Like there are themes to that. There is emotion to that. There is mm-hmm. more, more than just like, "Oh, wham, pow, I'm gonna beat you up." Something's happening in the football out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. All right. That was a good long one. So, yeah. So today we're going to move on from that. Yep. Because I'm just going to get more angry and more angry the more we talk about Bill Hader. Not Hader. I may, ooh, I feel bad about. Yeah. Poor Bill Hader. Yeah. Because he's like a good actor. It seems like a good guy. From, he's a great guy. I don't anyway. really know him that well. Anyway. Uh, so controversial opinions we're going to talk about opinions. our controversial opinions things yep. that we like or dislike that the other culture should respectively dislike or like right you got that right right i think so cool okay <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right uh, you go first i've got yeah. like i think i've got two okay i've got about eight. Oh, wow all right we can i can start. go i'll go through i'll go through them fast this is one that i've talked about a lot on this podcast before um and it was kind of my tease for this episode i think guardians of the galaxy is a bottom five mcu movie the first one Okay. Um, it's got arguably the single worst villain. Um, it's got arguably the, the oh, Ronan the yeah. Accuser. 
Blue yeah. face paint man. Yeah. Um, it's got arguably the most generic plot. We've got to get the magical object before the bad guy does or the planet will get blown up. Yeah. Um, a lot of the humor didn't land for me, which I recognize that's a, like yeah. a personal thing that's going to affect my own enjoyment. But I think there's a lot of jokes that just aren't super well constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, the one where they're sitting around and uh, Peter Quill's like, I look around me and you know what I see? Losers. I mean, people who have lost something. It doesn't make sense. That's not how people talk. Yeah. So that one didn't work for me. There's other examples. I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. So um, I don't have other examples at the top of my head. Oh, like the the climactic thing where he starts trying to dance. Ronan would ignore that and just blow up the planet anyway. That's, yeah. that's his whole deal. That shouldn't have worked. And it takes me out of the movie that it does. Mm-hmm. Um. The other selling point is the characters. Uh, Gamora doesn't get much development in this one. Groot is very delightful because he is Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocket is fun, but he's not like a good core character yet. He gets better development, I think, in the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Quill is just obnoxious. He's not a good like leading character in this one. Yeah. He's not likable. Is it the writing or is it the acting? Um. I'm pretty sure it's the writing because Chris Pratt is just naturally a very likable human being. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the way he's written is just very whiny and childish. Mm -hmm. Um, And he doesn't have much much in the way of a coherent arc. Um, Drax is good. Drax is fun. His jokes are the ones that mostly land for me. But, yeah, I just – I don't think it's a good movie on pretty much any level. Mm -hmm. It's visually nice. I'll say that. Lots of colors. The, the music, even though I don't really appreciate that kind of music, I, it felt good to me. That kind of music? Pop music and oh, rock music. Oh, yeah. The... Music with voices and drums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, that's that's my one of my controversial opinions okay. that I believe. And I know a lot of people don't. So, savage me in the comments, people. Yeah, this is all about you, you guys have many chances to just savage us in the yeah. comments. And you're, uh, of course, welcome to react to that, too, if you like. I don't think I really have a strong opinion towards Guardians. Okay. Um, I realize I don't have very strong opinions towards a lot of things, mm-hmm. which is probably why I had a lot of str- trouble <laughs> getting this, <laughs> getting like, I weirdly have a tendency to kind of go with the pop culture, like listening to people's opinions and like understanding and kind of going with them. And then mm-hmm. like listening to controversial opinions, I'll be like, Oh, I understand. I also like kind of don't mm-hmm. like that part. Yeah. I kind of really just go with the flow for a lot of things, but there are a few things that I just yeah. like or dislike. This. Honestly, I'm the same way. Like, I'll watch something, I'll be like, I really liked that. And then I'll read a review that explains why it's bad. And I'll be like, oh, that was really bad. Yep, that's <laughs> kind of how my yeah. life works. I justify it to myself that I'm better understanding what makes it good and bad. Yeah. And sometimes you need an outside perspective. Anyway, uh, should I do another one or do yep. you want to do? Okay. Um, I think this is a little less controversial, but I think Game of Thrones has been going downhill since season one. Since season one? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I actually wholeheartedly disagree with that. I know. I think I think it goes downhill since season five, but yeah, I think I, I think there's a good argument in that direction. Um, my my point with this is not that the story gets worse or anything, because I think that it has enough narrative momentum and just interesting characters and good stuff that the first four seasons are all fantastic because mm-hmm. it's got all that. But the drop off in the level of writing, there's not much from season one to two. Season one um is it's very dense but it's really well written um we rewatched 
most of it in a single sitting recently. Mm -hmm. And I pointed out two or three scenes that are just a, two or three or four people sitting in a room talking that are just among my literal favorites in the entire show. Yeah. Because they're just so compelling and so resonant. You don't get that same sort of thing. The writing gets a lot more obvious. Season four is where you really start to notice it. People just kind of explain their motivations and mm -hmm. um, it just gets a little more stilted, Yeah, I guess. Um, and yeah, I appreciate all the cool things that the plot does, but then season five happens and you run out of narrative momentum for a little while mm -hmm. and you see all the cracks in the writing and it's just boring. Yeah. Um, so do you think it'll get better with season eight? I honestly am kind of hopeful because uh, the showrunners knew, like, I mean, they knew up through the end of the books very well. And then they had sort of a general idea about how it en would end. Um, so I think now that they've pulled everything sorted together for a giant final confrontation, they can't deviate too much from what was a really well thought out and well conceived original vision. Mm -hmm. Um I also think it's just going to be a lot easier for them to be much more focused now that they basically just have one story to tell. Yeah. So I'm optimistic, but we'll see. There's almost certainly not going to be a lot of sitting and talking, mm -hmm. but they do action really well. I'll say that for them. Okay. All right. I, uh, I'm just going to say my points. I think the most interesting storylines just develop more through the seasons four. Yeah. Cause like you got, should I say them? Yeah, I guess. It's been out. Arya, her story doesn't really do anything in the first season. Yeah. Hers is just kind of like treading water yeah. until one thing can kind of kick her right into the yeah. into the world. Mm -hmm. um, which happens since it isn't season two. Mm -hmm. uh, Theon's whole story is just interesting from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, not even really to end yet. Like it's right. still not done. Right. Um, John doesn't really get super exciting until season three. Mm -hmm. uh, right? Um, when does he's always? When does do no? Thing... He gets he gets he gets interesting in season two. Is that when he kills yes. the specific person? Yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. So I feel like most of the interesting stories happen later seasons. Right. Season one is just really dense and well written. Yeah. However, it's not like as like nail biting. I'm texting you just expletives and right. all caps. Right. <laughs> um, in defense of expletives and all caps season one does have a couple of great shocking moments yeah. that are really well set up and i mean they serve as a great introduction to the show mm -hmm. um i remember when i i was watching i think it was like season four season five or something yeah and like i texted you a series of things and hannah was like what did he say and you're like about eight words and i can't say seven of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> um, um yeah, no, I like I, I think you're right. That was my whole point about narrative momentum. Yeah. The story is interesting and the character arcs get interesting enough to save it from its own flaws. So yeah. I think the first four seasons are, as a whole, near perfect. Yeah. But you really see how far the quality had come downhill Yeah. once the, the great stories are kind of taken like away. Longer, or uh, natural log? Or like shallow and then it just... Yeah, sort of an upside-down log. Upside-down, yeah. Well, except log just goes down slowly. No, one of them is doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so for me, this is kind of a two-parter. Okay. I'll start for the first one, and I'll do my second one after you do a couple more. Okay. Uh, I don't like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, I think he looks weird in a suit, 
Uh, I mean, Spider-Man 3 is just, you know, generally pretty bad. It's got some issues. Um, it all feels very uncomfortable. Like, I d- from the movies, I just get kind of a feeling of, like, crotch sweat. Okay. Like I don't know why, but just like the first, like just all of th- all three movies, I just get this feeling of like gross, kind of like oily skin, crotch sweat, mm-hmm. and it just like it. I don't know. I I haven't seen them very much throughout. Uh, I know Andrew, if he hears this, is probably going to slit my throat while I'm asleep because mm-hmm. uh, he swears by the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't like Spider Man because you got sweaty balls. No, because I feel I like I feel like people have sweaty balls. Or like I feel like I just get the feeling of sweaty balls. Okay, I, I mean I don't have a ton of attachment to those movies. Um, I remember really liking the first two, but I was also like eleven and I haven't seen them since. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if it's just the fact that it's the first live action ad- adaptation of Spider-Man. Not first, but because there was some weird Indian. There was one. a weird. Yeah, there's a weird one. The <laughs> first real one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, I don't have legitimate points about why I don't like it. I just get this like I, I don't want to rewatch them. Yeah, no, I can I can see that because there is like a lot of awkwardness and Tobey Maguire is not not in high school. Well, definitely not that. <laughs> um, he's also not exactly like conventionally likable, I guess. Yeah. In the same way that Tom Holland say yeah. is, or even Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. who, yeah, there's some a good argument that he's got some issues as a Peter Parker character, but. Yeah. He's still likable in that role. He's very likable. Well, I guess then I'll do my second part, too. I kind of like the Amazing Spider-Man, both of them. Okay. They're like, to me, they're totally passable. I think uh, Tobey Maguire does a good Peter Parker. We're just, like, uncomfortable and awkward. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Tobey Maguire does a great Spider-Man. Not Tobey Maguire. uh, Andrew Garfield does a great Spider-Man. Yeah. Just, like, his wit and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know enough about Spider-Man's villains to, like, have any opinion on, like, if their villains are done well or anything. I haven't read a ton of Spider-Man can't comment um but like i mean i kind of enjoyed it uh yeah. it was gwen stacy was cool gwen stacy died and we're like oh emotions yeah uh continued the trend of ending with a funeral yeah <laughs> spider-man game also ends with a funeral oh. everything ends with a funeral spider-man just lets everyone die yeah bad spider-man yeah yeah no I'm, i i agree that the first one at least the first amazing spider-man is a legitimately perfectly fine and enjoyable superhero movie mm-hmm. it's tight well constructed it's got a likable spider-man good chemistry between the leads yeah um yeah it's it's pretty good i think the second one um it's still got a very likable spider-man and good chemistry between the leads um i also think electro is actually a decent villain all things considered he's kind of underdeveloped because I mean, they also wanted jamie fox yeah yeah he's a good actor he's a good actor he's a really good actor yeah and like they make him do kind of a weird performance as just the like pre-electrified person mm-hmm. i think it works but i realize it made a lot of people kind of uncomfortable yeah um oh, i do have another one it's definitely got some it's definitely got some issues with like overstuffed villains and kind of a incoherent plot what like spider-man 3 yeah <laughs> yeah um I think that was enough to turn me off of the second one, but I recognize that it's entirely likable. It was enjoyable. Yeah. That segues really nicely into one of mine. Uh, Green Lantern is a perfectly fine and enjoyable movie. Absolutely. I would actually really like to go back and watch those again. Yeah. It's, I think it's on our booze and booze watch. Yes. Yeah. Which will be kind of fun because we'll just be like, 
not bad. I mean, the CGI is garbage, but like, yeah. I love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and Taika Waititi's in it. And Taika Waititi's and Blake Lively. Yeah, like it's that's like it's a great line. And Mark Strong. Yeah, is an amazing Sinestro. Yeah, and if they ever do Sinestro again, the they have Sinestro. to be yeah. Mark Strong. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it's it's again it's not great as a superhero movie. I, I think I it's... haven't seen it since I've learned anything about Green Lantern. Okay. I knew jack shit about Green. Lantern. I knew that Sinestro was kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But I didn't know who Kilowog was. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Badge was in there. Badge mm-hmm. is the squirrel. <laughs> uh. Yeah. No, I think I think it's definitively worse than like the Amazing Spider-Man one. It's a lot messier and the CGI is bad and yeah. stuff. But I think it has enough just likability and charm, mostly because it has Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively in it. Yeah. But it's just it, it's just fun, and I think it's yeah. perfectly passable. It's gonna be a long episode. Though. I don't really give a shit. I don't. I don't care. Um, Controversial. Yeah. 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 Take yeah. that. Yeah, take that, fan. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are perfectly watchable, first season of Iron Fist. Yeah. Like, pretty okay. Yeah. Like, uh, Colleen Wing is a great character. She's amazing. Um, the action has actually some good moments. I really like the very, very first scene where he walks into the Rand Corp and, and the security. And he kind of brushes yeah. all of security off of him. Yeah, security's like trying to grab him and he's just getting him around him like you'd expect a real martial arts master to yeah there's there's some like moments in the action that are really good um yeah. i like that they don't like uh explicitly show his fight with the dragon mm-hmm. they just kind of imply it right which is you know always something that i enjoy yeah i there's no way it would have been able to live up to the sort of expectations you need oh yeah um it treats the source material fairly respectfully mm-hmm. unlike a certain network that we know and love Why put the monitor in there? No one, no one does. Okay, that's my that that's my other one. Like people like the CW. Like people constantly ask me how I feel about the CW, and I'm like, I fucking hate it. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, I kind of like it. And I'm like, you're wrong and shouldn't read comics. Mm-hmm. Why put the monitor? They're doing the monitor, who's a character from the Christ on Infinite Earths, who like first was developed in Christ on Infinite Earths. They don't. Okay, so I mentioned this to you. They have the copyrights to it. They have the actual, like, legal rights to it. Mm-hmm. They don't have the right to do anything that was written by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. And they do not have the moral ground. They do not have the right. <laughs> do not. You are spitting on sacred ground. Yes. So Iron Fist is okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was your, your next controversial So I, I guess I delve more into this yeah, as opposed yeah. to like ranting about it yeah sure talk so about like, it a little bit cw has taken so many just creative liberties that it's honestly like it's like saying you have the right to a gun and then shooting the people who give you the right yeah like thank you for allowing me to have this pistol here's a bullet to your brain seven times yep like it this just starting off, like, season one is passable because it's kind of like – it's an interesting development of uh, Green Arrow. But he is so wrong from the character. Mm-hmm. Like, he is not at all what he's supposed to be. Uh, Barry Allen is also incredibly off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just started, like, throwing in characters. There was no it, – it's almost like a, uh episodic Kind of just like mm-hmm. anthology, like each episode is a new villain, right? And they did a lot with the Flash, which is not something you want to do with the Flash because he doesn't have that many fantastic villains, right? They always have to do something like the, the writing is always your big villain, 
is another speedster that's just faster than you. Right. And it's like, I'm the fastest man alive, except not – well, I guess I actually am kind of the fastest man alive because almost all of them have been dead or not actually technically alive at the moment. Yeah. So technicality. Yep. But, like, that shows that the writers are just not good yep. because they can't – like, the writers of the comics can obviously make it interesting enough that do- goddamn Trickster is a a challenge for him. Yeah. Because – the rogues, like you have the rogues gallery. So you got cold boomerang, uh, heat wave trickster. Like all of these people are genuinely smart and mm-hmm. their whole thing is about community and like family and they stick together. Mm-hmm. And like, they did something with golden glider. I don't even know who that is. She, so she's like, it's not what's in the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's just a girl with a gun that turns things to gold. Which is not that's what hers is. Stupid. Uh, I don't. I think they had a reference to Mirror Master, but it was handled poorly. Okay. Just like they went through the most beloved Flash villains, like a truck through a snowman. Okay. <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, here's Sal- Savitar, who was around for two issues. <laughs> Haven't seen him since." And. Uh. So, and then, like, moving on from then, like, they have all these characters. So they butcher Black Canary by making her someone who's different and then being like, okay, well, now she becomes White Canary. or She dies. So we'll make the actual Dinah Lance Black Canary, except she's going to die after a season. So now there's this other fucking random girl who's Black Canary. I don't know if she still is because I don't fucking pay attention. Yep. I just see the news and it just makes me mad. Yep. <laughs> the, the shows are bad. They're like, not even looking at it from someone who's read all the comics and not all the – but. It was familiar with the source material and looked at it and just goes, this is an abomination. Please stay away from my beloved material. Yep. It's also just terribly written, terribly acted, terrible CGI, terrible everything. Yep. My very small contribution to this controversial opinion is that even season one of Arrow, which is held up by most people as being kind of the pinnacle, is unwatchable. Because I got I mean, about halfway through it and had to stop it. Was I mean, I also awful. haven't seen it in forever. So if I went back, because that was probably just like, oh, DC. This That was back when I was like, I would jizz on the mention of DC. Right. Like, but now I have a respect for it. I just want to think about what I just said. <laughs> uh, now I have respect and demand good quality entertainment from my source, my favorite source material. Yeah. So like, if I went back and watched season one, I'd be like, oh my God, this is the worst. Yeah. So. Not there's good. my other con- there's my controversial opinion. Okay, I have more. Whew. Um <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is not one of the great living directors. He's one of the good living directors. Okay. But this whole thing is having a very particular recognizable style. And I think a lot of people like him just because they're like, "Ooh, I recognize that style. That makes me feel smart." It's a good point. Yeah definitely how i feel and i mean like it, 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 <laughs> it is a it is a fun style to sort of hyper bloody um see how many f-words we can cram into a single minute what if he did a kingsman movie like that would be perfect yeah that's the sort of thing he'd do really well but i don't think he's this transcendent game-breaking director i don't think pulp fiction has any right being anywhere near the top five movies of all time on imdb mm-hmm. it's a good movie and i like it but not going to crack my top hundred. Yeah. Um, I think he's just overrated because he has a style that appeals to sort of people that are going to, um, 
overreact the sort of hyper aggressive explosive Mm -hmm. energetic stuff that's going to appeal to someone my aglets are falling off kind of nice i really just wanted to say that okay like just out of nowhere i'm glad i just i'm glad i did it i have no regrets oh i was on a good rant there too and you've derailed me (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no i think i think it's mostly just that and he's got a very recognizable name it's people are like yeah this is a great a tour because i've actually heard of him and i can get behind that and pretend i'm knowledgeable Mm -hmm. um people also like him because he references stuff and cribs from good directors which that's anyone can make a reference not everyone can make a good reference and his references are often decent but like yeah yeah so it's really less of a problem with him more of a problem with culture yeah i mean that's what all of this is about what am i saying he's he's also like kind of an obnoxious human being oh really yeah he's i don't think he's like an out and out bad guy he just seems really unpleasant to be around Mm -hmm. so yeah okay um, speaking of things that are overrated, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I haven't seen it. It's a... the Hal thing. Yeah, there's the Hal thing, which is good. Um, but it's kind of a mess. It's a lot le- less thematically coherent than people would like to pretend. Um, and just because it has a nice, trippy, 10-minute LSD sequence at the end, it's not actual LSD, it's space LSD. It's not space LSD, he flies through a portal. It's L space D. Yeah. <laughs> he flies through a space portal and there's trippy lights for just an uncomfortably long amount of time. Interesting. And people were like, oh, this is visually brilliant. It's like, yeah, you think that because you're on just all the drugs. <laughs> um, That's a pretty wide accusation. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was made in the late 60s and features a several minute long sequence alternating between sort of kaleidoscoping tunnel of flashing neon light and a guy's eyes in super close up reflecting the light. Yeah. That's yeah, drugs. It's drugs. drugs. It's drugs. Um, yeah. It's not as interesting as it wants to be. Not as dense as it wants to be. Um, just not a great movie. Yeah. Um, it did a lot like technologically and for film craftsmanship that I really respect. Mm-hmm. But that's about all I can say for it. Interesting. Yep. You haven't seen it. You can't defend yeah, it. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, have you seen American Beauty? Nope. That one's also terrible. Interesting. Yeah, it's just a mess. Huh. Um, it's a boring story that has no, nothing unique or interesting to say. Um, bland characters. Uh, I love it when you just get real harsh and blunt at things that people love. It's yeah, it's like really awkwardly directed they do this thing where it'll like repeat a clip and then like it'll do a clip and then it'll cut to something and then it'll repeat the same short little clip with like swelling music to try to demonstrate intensity. Pretty sure it won best director and best picture. Well, Uh, we never early aughts were terrible time for movies. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that one. You're getting tired. We're both <laughs> getting tired. Let's see. I do have... Okay. I have... Do you have anything that you like that nobody else likes? Rogue One. I mean, other uh, people like that one, but I think it's I think it's legitimately great. I think it's the second best Star Wars movie since Empire. It's fine. It's prequel-y. 
<laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think it's just it's a really great movie that manages to stand basically completely on its own. Mm-hmm. You could rewrite a couple things and you have to do a lot of awkward exposition, but you could just make it its own space war movie and yeah. it would work. Um it ties into the mythology in interesting ways. There are some definite egregious fan service moments that I do have a bit of a problem with, but it has some great fan service moments like the Darth Vader gonna mow people down in a hallway that is my favorite fan service moment of all time that i really really love yeah exactly you finally get to see darth vader go full sith lord yeah never ever get to see him do that in live action yeah and it's got like a just a beautifully shot choreographed executed um sort of the whole battle scene climax uh-huh. like that's up there for sci-fi action um people will complain that it doesn't have great characters but it's not really supposed to it's kind of an ensemble war movie uh-huh. uh yeah it's just it, it's it's a really tight focused well-constructed movie to me it's really visually stunning um the music's not great nope definitely there, terrible there are there are some moments that i really like um there's one melody i really like um I sort of the emotional climax of the movie has a really good score to it. I think the first movie I've ever walked out going, wow, that music was God awful. There was, there's some really bad stuff in it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like it. I think it's, I think it's great. All right. Just for the record, uh, the last Jedi is the, the only one that's better since empire. All right. Which is also probably controversial, but we've defended it enough on this podcast. Um, force awakens is good, but, not as good as people want it to be. It's literally just episode four. But not quite as good. But, but not quite as good. Because the magical artifact is a map to a planet. Yeah. Which, think about that for four seconds and get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I just like, with with Force Awakens, like, this is kind of a controversial thing. But, like, it's a missing chunk to a map. So if everyone's got this map... But it's missing a chunk. You know he's there. Yeah. You could probably systematically just like kind of go through and check each planet. Comb through every habitable planet, especially ones that happen to have like ancient Jedi temples on them. Oh, perhaps maybe yes. (laughs) Yeah. Bad. There's there's some things that bother me about the movie. I'm really glad it exists because it made Star Wars great again. Yeah. Um, but it. It's not as good of a movie on its own merits as people sometimes like to pretend. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one more thing I don't like. Uh, I think Goblet of Fire is the worst Harry Potter movie. Everyone thinks it. No. Really? Most people think it's one of the best. Well, those people are wrong. Like, it's one of the highest reviewed on, like, review aggregators. What do they think is the worst? The first two. Okay, they're kids. They haven't had a chance to, like, develop their acting skills yet. Back the fuck off. Yeah. Like, the, the fourth one has no no consequences of the entire, like, the prolonged, uh, or the, the overarching story, except for the fact that, hey, look, Voldemort's here. Yeah. Which you probably could have done in three. Like, even the book, if that's what the, or the book's way better, isn't The book it? is a lot better, because it's actually, like, a lot of character development and, like, turning these people from the kids that they have been up to this point into the adults that they will need to be for the final three books. Yeah. I think I enjoyed watching it when I was a kid because like 
it the the angst we talked about this in our harry potter episode uh-huh. the angst of the prom and the stuff made sense to me but now right. watching it as adult it's just cringeworthy to watch yeah like, and I'm that stuff like, is so much better fleshed out in the book too really it's still kind of cringeworthy thinking about it now but it at least makes sense and helps facilitate character development yeah facilitate just, character yep that was it it's just like facilitate the whole can I move on? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the whole like the whole dance thing is just it's all about teenage crushes and yep. awkward teenage hormones and stuff and it's just awful to watch. Yeah. And like the dragon fight? I feel like those dragons were pretty narked or not narked nerfed. Uh, nerfed. Yeah. I feel bit. like a dragon would not have that much difficulty with just a single person. Yeah. Could they not like kill the dragon? What are the rules? Um, I'm not actually sure. It? Yeah. Um, the book again executes that scene a lot better. It's not a massive chase scene where there's a lot of opportunities for the dragon to catch him. Mm-hmm. He basically, um, Akio's the broom, which the whole point of him is like he's training on this and training on Akio and trying to learn it and get better at it. Uh-huh. And then he basically just flies straight upwards, like sort of trying to tease the dragon. And as soon as it takes off, he dives and grabs the egg. Interesting. That's the whole scene in the book. Interesting. And it's much better done. Okay. Um, I think the movie has some major pacing issues because it's basically yeah. structured around five big set pieces. Uh-huh. Quidditch World Cup, the three Triwizard things, the Yule Ball. Yeah. And that leaves no time for all the in-between stuff that you need to develop your characters and make the story be particularly interesting or anything. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of just like oh we're at the end all of a sudden nothing happened between the beginning and the end but all of a sudden we're here yeah the the end scene had nothing to do with the rest of the movie yeah like it was like the port key sent him this thing where look there's this other thing that's just happening yeah like it or no it, it had to do with stuff at the very beginning mm-hmm. which i think the the beginning of the movie is pretty okay yeah, the beginning works um i kind of don't like that we didn't get to see the quidditch world cup yeah. As much as I don't like Quidditch as a sport, I'd rather watch it than cut from "Welcome to the World Cup" to "Yay, we won." That was a very harsh, harsh, harsh cut. Yeah, it feels like Game of Thrones season one, where it's like, "Wow, we had this this great battle. You know, Shame we didn't have the budget." It's so poorly cut, and now that I think about it, every single time I watch it, I feel like it's just cutting to something that's happening simultaneously. Uh, and I'm like, "Wait, weren't they just at the? Yeah. Oh, it's over." Mm-hmm. what yep yeah um no bueno it's also got the issue that it's the first one without john williams yeah and you kind of feel that yeah you got faux faux john williams yep patrick doyle i mean patrick doyle does a he's good he's he does a, good. a passable job but he's not john williams but he was basically told to mimic john williams and yeah. you can very you, much hear you that can tell. yeah um that's actually a perfect segue into my last one which john williams is god he is almighty he is the best living film composer not gonna dispute that Hans Zimmer's number two. And I don't think you would think that's controversial. You might not wholeheartedly agree with it. Wait, okay, I, you mean... Of the living film composers, John Williams is number one, which is pretty undisputed. I think it's pretty a culture thing just because everyone knows John Williams and then Hans Zimmer is like maybe the next one they can think of. Anyone who knows anything, for whatever reason, <laughs> takes so much fun in crapping on Hans Zimmer. Really? It's a weird thing. Um, I guess you haven't been exposed to this a whole lot, but I 
have to defend him way more than you'd think I would. Really? Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I think there's some other really good ones out there. Um, Howard Shore. Uh, any more Kone? I personally kind of think he's better than John Williams. Purely because, like, I'm not a huge fan of, like, theme stuff, which mm-hmm. John Williams is very good at. Very, yeah. like, I'm not saying – I mean, I'd put, probably put John Williams at, like, number two. Or, yeah. like, Howard Shore up there as well. Yeah. Like, they're they're very good. I just – I'm more of a fan of, like, the atmospheric, yeah. like, emotion music. That's what that's what he's me. great at. He, he toys with your emotions with really subtle music that you mostly just don't hear unless you're listening for it. Yeah. Um, and so people accuse him of being like sort of a generic action movie music composer where it's just in the background helping like yeah. sort of superficially helping. Have you seen the video about how he uses shepherd tone shepherd tones in Dunkirk? Yeah, he's got some It's so cool. He's got some really complex musical stuff going on. Um Inception, the whole thing, the whole score is based around that song that they used to kick out of it, uh-huh. slowed down. The bum bum motif is from the song interesting just slowed way down um his scores are yeah he he puts so much effort into the construction and like actually just sitting sitting there and listening to the music on its own um it's so much cleaner in a way uh-huh. than other action music every note is like exactly where it needs to be uh-huh. and he just is so perfect at like maintaining the the tension it's just it's got this sound to it that no one else ever achieves and yeah. i know that's very vague but like we're both music people and we both recognize the level of genius this guy yeah. puts in oh, there. absolutely oh, and man, there is another criticism that has a little more weight leveled against him that he kind of relies on this studio of very talented composers to help him mm-hmm. which I mean, that's just one way to make great movie music is to get a whole bunch of talented people. And yeah, he's got a whole bunch of protégés that have gone on to do great stuff. Ramin Djawadi, anyone? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, he came out of Hans Zimmer's studio. No, I seriously like stick by the fact that Pacific Rim, the music for Pacific Rim, I, I can actually make it more specific, too. The music for Pacific, Pacific, Pacific. <laughs> wow, I'm tired. The music for Pacific Rim sounds exactly like the person... Like they went to the person who wrote Rain, which is a uh, a track from the season six of Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, write us music for a movie about giant monsters fighting giant uh, robots." Yeah, it sounds exactly like that. And I'll I'm gonna play it for you when we get back in the car. Yeah, yeah. You can you will hear it. Mm-hmm. Although I'll have to play the Pacific Rim stuff first. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. No, I I think that Hans Zimmer. Yeah, sure, he relies on the studio, but he's a really talented musical guy, too. He's, like, self-taught, built himself up from nothing mm-hmm. to um, become one of the most powerful names in Hollywood. Yeah. And, yeah, like, sure, you're going to have a hard time singing a Hans Zimmer tune, other than maybe the Dark Knight theme, because it's just two notes. Uh, yeah. But that's a that's a great example of how he operates. It's something really simple and subtle, but he uses it to manipulate your emotions in a way that gets under your skin. Yeah, it's it's really the powerful stuff. High pitched drone that happens almost kind of consistently through the entirety of Dark Knight. It's well, it's like the it's part of the Joker's theme. Yeah, but it just kind of happens all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just always there. Yeah, that's great, and yeah, and he's also got a lot of imitators, which is 
part of the reason people think he's generic because he pioneers the <laughs> the inception blah for example which actually that wasn't him that was written for the trailer by someone else really but it's definitely inspired by his score inception wah. Like yeah wah. but that became a thing and everyone's like oh it's just because it's generic and it's like well no hans zimmer pioneered this thing he realized how good it was he took that from the the song uh-huh. and people are like oh big brass wahs yeah no but yeah i think i think he's pretty indisputably the second best okay and i'm it's hard to compare him to john williams i take your point that you'd like him yeah. better um because john williams works very well in different kinds of movies yeah ones where you do need themes mm-hmm. um kind of apples to oranges on the style yeah i i I do think John Williams writes richer music, just as music's sake. Okay. Um, but like things you can listen to on your own, on its own. Yeah. You can do that a little less with. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. There we go. Ended on a positive one. Uh, what's next week's episode? Um, Marvel animated stuff. Marvel, oh crap! I gotta watch a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> This Good is, luck. This is not going to be so Good thing fun. you don't have finals week like I do. This is true. I'm already prepared for the next episode. Next episode after that is Aquaman. We are an hour and a half. This is a long episode. Woo-hoo. But uh, next, then, so next one is Marvel animated stuff. So if you like any of those yep. animated things. That, Send me some recommendations soon. I Double check to, to make stuff. sure you're not, you're not talking about a DC thing because DC definitely has like a lock on everything animated yeah almost every animated superhero thing you can think of is probably dc at one point to prepare for this episode just to like get some preliminary notes a long time ago i googled best marvel animated movies and they're like this batman this, nope. one, this one's got pretty good action um i went to imdb and sorted like the best animated superhero movies and like all of them were... there wasn't a marvel one in like the top 20 it's amazing yeah yeah, DC knows how to do their animated stuff. Yeah. See, that's one of those examples everyone's like, oh, Marvel's better. It's like, you, you fucking... The, see, no. I like Marvel more than I like DC. Okay. And they're like, I'm like, why? And it's like, because of the movies. I'm like, all right, you're a casual. Yep. They're like, DC sucks, Marvel's better. I'm like, you are a filthy casual. There we go. <laughs> Clarifying terminology. Yes. I like it. All right, shall we? Oh, uh, we'd better shallst. Oh, boy. Hour yeah. and a half. All right. Well, thanks everyone for knowing to for wow. Those were those were some words that just spilled out of there. Uh, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening to us rant about our favorite controversial opinions. Um, if you've got agreements or disagreements with any or all of the things that we have said, uh, then please leave those in the comments on one or many of the mediums we're on. Um, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and what was the other one? Podbean. 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 Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Justice Losers Pod and Instagram also at Justice Losers Pod. Uh, we also have a Gmail if you want to send in a rant about how American Beauty is actually a great movie, which please do because I need something to lighten up my life that's humorous right now. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so that's Justice Losers Pod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, next week we're talking about animated stuff, so if you've got animated Marvel things that you think I should watch in preparation for this, uh, send me it, because I don't know. I'm just going to pick and choose random stuff. Um, I think that's all the things I'm supposed to say. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend. Bye. 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 Bye.